I understand what that song means now. I gotta go back and listen to that song. See, I ain't understand the song. We sing songs, don't he understand? I'm telling you, Zion is calling hit different when you actually move into a higher place. It hit different. We exalt thee hit different when you actually exalt God. blessing to be here again real church matters when we talk real church matters because real church matters i'm forced tall here by myself again happy to be here sorry to take a few weeks off some things were priorities things that i need to take care of hopefully your soul and your walk is as much of a priority as my soul and my walk is to me Sometimes that means that I have to feed myself instead of feeding you guys. But make sure your life, your soul, your being is a priority. And in light of all of that, I still bring you episode 150 today. Oh man, just a blessing to be able to share with you all. This is what I I enjoy. I enjoy it. So it's unfortunate I'm not always able to do it. But shout outs to the people who are constantly reminding me and looking for these podcasts. It's, it's, it makes my day. It completes my joy, as we will be talking about today. Uh, shout out to Savannah uh, Pryor and her family. She always is <clears throat> reminding me. And shout out to my dad, who is always reminding me and he's easy, even taking the liberty of going back in reverse and listening to the other 149 episodes and i love it he just got to a specific one he brought it up to me the other day and i i just enjoy that um i enjoy that i'm, I'm glad i'm leaving something here on this earth that'll be here when i'm gone Generations can listen to as long as this earth is still functioning and moving as it should. And that's that's awesome. That's a blessing. Uh, what else? Shout out to all the other listeners, all the people who are listening. I, I see you. Um, I'm always paying attention to the analytics. When people tell me, man, I, I enjoyed that word. I'm, I'm looking and seeing like, OK, thank you all for listening. That's what it's for. And shout out to the listeners that I've never met before, that i never even been to where you live before. Being international is pretty cool. Um, what else? Yeah, I got another one for you today. Episode 150. Yeah. And uh, that being said, obedience over audience. Obedience over audience. Yeah, so let's get to it, right? Um, today's episode is called Satisfaction. Satisfaction. Uh, one thing I realized in life is that my satisfaction doesn't matter. And uh, in light of that, sometimes it's hard to it's hard to navigate those feelings of not being satisfied. 
And so uh, a lot of my Christian walk, I am satisfied with, but there are many areas that I am not satisfied. I'm not satisfied in certain areas of my life. I'm not satisfied in certain areas of other people's lives. I'm not satisfied with the way that um, my local church functions. I'm not satisfied with the way the church as a whole functions. I'm not satisfied with any of it. I find things that are not to the way that I would want them to be. And uh, I'm trying to deal with these feelings and in searching the word and trying to understand these feelings. I came across a scripture talking about completing my joy. And I realized that Jesus talked about this and Paul talked about it. And I realized they are, they are focusing on something that is very vital to us and we should learn about. And as I understood it, I figured, why not bring it to you guys? So Jeremiah 15, 16 is where we're going to start. And we're just going to talk about satisfaction. We're going to talk about what it means to be satisfied. How should we be satisfied? What should satisfy us so that we can start to challenge people to help us be satisfied? So that they can also understand what should satisfy them. Because everything we do, especially in work, in work, the satisfaction is that it's completed. We should know what completes us so we can know what satisfies us. We should know what completes us so we can know what satisfies us. So Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I understand that when I found God's word and I did eat it, not when I found his word, not when I heard his word, not when I recited his word, but when I ate his word. We understand that eating the word is to obey the word. Eating the word is to gain understanding of the word. Our digestion of his word produces a byproduct. That byproduct is obedience and understanding or wisdom. The one who obeys is the one who truly eats the word. The one who has wisdom and understanding is the one who ate the word. So number one, what should satisfy me is Understanding and obeying God's word. If you are not satisfied, if you are not complete in your joy, if you feel unsettled and uneasy in who you are as a Christian, find your way to obeying his word. Find your way to seeking understanding of his word and you will feel more satisfied in your walk with God. That's number one. John 15 and 11 says, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. So let me make a, a, a point of note here. There are many of you who are who teach and you might not feel all the way satisfied with how you teach. Understand that teaching is a byproduct of your relationship. The more satisfied you are in your relationship with God, the more effective a teacher you will be. Let me say that again. The more satisfied you are in your relationship with God, 
the more satisfied you'll be in your teaching of his word, the more effective you'll be in the teaching of his word. I found that I was not satisfied in my teaching because when I looked deeper, I was not satisfied in my walk. Why? I didn't understand it then, but I understand now that there was deficiencies in how I obeyed his word and how I understood his word. And so I lacked wisdom and I lacked consistency and obedience. Once I filled that in and I started to be more aggressive and put energy and effort towards those things, I became a better teacher. Teaching and sitting with you now, some of you may look and say, I could never do 150 episodes of a podcast about God. You don't know what you could do until you are actually involved in it. It is hard to do something that you're not involved in. For I'm not involved in golf. I know very basic things about golf. Some of the things that I know you might not know about golf. I understand about eagles and birdies and mulligans and pars and par five, par four, par three, a hole in one, a sand trap. I understand about greens and fairways. All of these things might sound like gobbledygook to you because you're not involved in it. That's how you'll know about the word. You are hearing certain things. You should be asking yourself, what do those things mean? When I hear the Holy Spirit, I think I understand it. But do I understand it to a way that I can actually obey it? Every You just hear people just throwing Holy Spirit around. There are people who just say God said this and God said that. They are speaking and sound like they understand, but they only understand by knowledge and by intellect and not by obedience, and not by understanding. Got to know the difference. I was able to be a minister in a church since I was 23. I was able to get be moved in that position because someone ordained me. But what makes me truly a minister is that I have something to administer to people. Ultimately, that young man only had words to administer to people. Functions to administer to people as a youth minister. I administered activities and programs to children that were God influenced, God centered, but I did not have much else to offer them in the ways of understanding and in ways of wisdom. When I look back at the lessons I taught, I taught lessons that were good, but they were limited to my understanding and I did not indulge and endeavor in true understanding faster, fast as I could have or as effective as I could have. So I missed opportunities to give people a greater scope of God's word. You can sit and defend your life. Don't defend mine. I know what I could have did better. Even if you were satisfied with it, I in the present state of who I am on October the 1st, 2020, Look back and know I could have did better. I did not complete my joy. I was not satisfied. Let's look at John 15. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. He said, I want you to be satisfied and I want you to satisfy and know my satisfaction. I want you to satisfy me and know my satisfaction. Jesus was interested in satisfying us, completing our joy, that our joy may be full, that we are satisfied. 
John 17, 13, in my, one of my favorite chapters, you guys already know this if you listen to the podcast, verse 13 says, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. He's saying, I want you to be happy about the things that make me happy. Not just happy that I'm happy, but happy at the same things that make me happy. What made Jesus happy was obeying his father. It completed his joy. It fulfilled his joy. He wants us to know what that satisfaction feels like. He wants us to know what it feels like to be at peace, to be satisfied, to be full, fulfilled in our joy. There's so much dissatisfaction going around. I'm not satisfied and I can't just sit and be frustrated, not know what I, what I should be doing to satisfy myself, to satisfy Christ, to come to a fullness of joy. That's his desire. He desires for us to be satisfied. Some people say, well, I don't understand why I'm not content. And they think that contentment is just being satisfied with your circumstance. Contentment is being satisfied in God. Contentment is not being satisfied with being broke. Contentment is not being satisfied with going without. Contentment is not looking at the brokenness of your family and saying, I have the peace of God about the situation. Contentment is knowing whatever I'm seeing, I know what it will take to satisfy me and whatever it takes to satisfy me will also satisfy God. We can't sit on our laurels. That that laziness is not contentment, nor is ambition contentment. The understanding is, is that I want to fulfill the joy that is set before me. I want to fulfill my joy. Fulfill God's joy. I want to be complete. I want to be satisfied. I should not feel satisfied if certain things are not meeting the mark. I should be satisfied if I'm uh, if I know that I'm doing all that I should and can do in a specific way. I have to know what I should be doing. I should not be satisfied if I'm not reading the word, obeying the word and gaining understanding of the word. I shouldn't be satisfied. Shouldn't be. Let's look at second Corinthians two and three. He says, and I wrote this same unto you, lest when I came, I should have sorrow from the, from them of whom I ought to rejoice. Understand what Paul is saying here. He's saying, I'm writing to you. Because I don't want to come and have sorrow where I should be able to rejoice. There are certain things we see that put sorrow in our hearts. There's certain things I see in my family that put sorrow in my heart. I want to rejoice where there was sorrow. I don't want to be content in things that are sorrowful. I cannot put myself in a position where I am, I am okay with certain things. I should not be okay with them. You should not be okay with certain things. They bring sorrow. He says, I'm writing this letter to you. He's communicating with them. He says, because if I don't communicate with you, I may walk in on sor sorrowful things. We need to communicate with our families. We need to open our mouths to our families. We need to stop talking about people and start talking to people.
We need to engage with them and let them know. I shared something with my family. One person acknowledged it, but I wasn't just talking to one person. I was talking to everybody. I wanted everybody to hear what I had to say. I'm communicating with them because I'm tired of being sorrowful. I'm tired of seeing things that cause me to sorrow. I'm try- I am endeavoring and trying to see things that bring me joy. They cause me to rejoice. I don't want to see my nieces and nephews lost in the sauce but living beneath their purpose and their plan, spiritually, physically, mentally, scholastically, financially, and all the above. I want to see them excel. I want to see them expand. I want to see them grow beyond even me. I want to see them do greater things. That's what we should be endeavoring to all of our loved ones. And when I don't see them doing those things, it is sorrowful. While some people can don't look at it that way, they they think that looking at situation and seeing the silver lining is contentment. No, contentment is knowing what should be seen and endeavoring and doing all we can to make it a reality so that we are not in sorrow, but we are rejoicing. He says, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. <laughs> You got to understand something. He lets us know one thing that should satisfy us. We should not stop until what makes us happy is what makes God happy. And what makes us happy is what makes others happy. When I see what makes people happy, it causes me sorrow. When I see what passes as love to people, it causes me sorrow. I have to open my mouth, whether it be writing letters, whether it be Sending a text message, whether it be sending an email, some of you might just serve good by just getting a piece of paper and a pen and an envelope and a stamp and writing to your loved ones and sharing with them the seriousness of things and what would make you happy. People are always trying to make us happy in a certain way. My mother, she's so impactful in people's lives. And I notice I always hear people say, I heard somebody say specifically recently on her 60th birthday, they said, all I ever wanted to do was make you proud. And I'm confused because I don't think they understand what would make my mother proud. I think they think they know. I think they're saying something that sounds like a kind gesture to say. But what would make her happiest is that they served God. I know that every time I used to sit with my mother, she let me know what would satisfy her. She let me know that me acting like a Christian didn't satisfy her. She she let me know that me just getting up there and preaching doesn't satisfy her. She wants me to be obedient. She wants me to have understanding and wisdom that satisfies her that completes her joy that allows her my parents me to be part of the fulfillment of their joy me to be the the epitome of their satisfaction when I know what they're happy about and what causes them joy and what causes them sorrow I'm sorry there's some things that, that people do and they like I'm proud of her I'm, I'm sorry like There's more to life than financial gain. There's more to life than career ladder climbing. There's more to life than that. 
what makes brings joy to me, what causes me to celebrate is not that she found her independence or he found his independence. It's not that they found true love. It's not that they got married or have a home or a car or a cat or a dog or children. What makes me happy is that they are complete in God through obedience and understanding of his word. And when I don't see that, I am sorrowful. And when I do see it, I have cause to rejoice. When I see the, the growth that has happened over the even the very year with my mom and her, she's doing better in her health and she sounds more reinvigorated to her purpose and her cause in Christ. Those things complete my joy. I'm allowed to get a little little more comfort in my sleep at night. And then there's things that I see in people and I, it does doesn't give me joy. I understand that I have a part in that, just like Paul did. He said, I'm writing to you for this reason. I'm talking on this microphone for this reason. I'm writing emails and texts for that reason. I'm answering calls for people I no more want to spend 60 seconds talking to for that reason. Because I what I don't enjoy I, in their conversation or in their the person that they are, I do enjoy in the sense of what I know God wants to do with their life and how he wants to play me to play a part in that. An opportunist. That's what I am. That's what we all should be. Opportunists are people who are always strategizing and trying to find ways to make themselves happy. Second Corinthians seven and four. Verse four says, great is my boldness of speech towards you. How bold are you in your speech towards people? Are you afraid to offend them? I don't understand how bold we are to actually hurt people, but how shy we are to actually help them. Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glorifying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly Joyful in all our tribulation. Why? Why is Paul so happy? He lets us know as we go down to the seventh, seventh verse of Second Corinthians chapter seven. He says, and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind towards me. So that I rejoice the more. He said there's a certain characteristics that you guys displayed. This guy came back and he let me know about it. He let me know about your desire. He let me know about the things that you were mourning and concerned about. He let me know about your fervent mind towards me. He said those things caused me to rejoice all the more. I want us to understand what we should be looking for in people, what we should be encouraging in them. And so they can understand what makes us smile. I think people don't understand that. I see people sometimes try to engage with me and they think they know what makes me happy by what makes them happy. Oh, no, I would rather see you excel in God than see you. In my face, I would rather see you give your best to God than see you try to give your best to me. I would rather see you be a gift unto God than you try to give a gift 
to me. I don't even I don't even enjoy receiving gifts on my birthday or Christmas. I'm so glad that most people have taken me up on that and they don't really try. And I appreciate that. It's so helpful for me because what really completes my joy, what really makes my day is seeing the people of God serve God. I was, I told my brother, I said, I was so grateful. Um, I was so grateful to see his children and see how they were moving and talking and to spend time with them and to see their maturity and to see the things that they are paying attention to. But I also was proud of another specific day, not the same day where they were acting up and he was being dad. And he, he's like, listen, you, you guys want to act like this? Then we just go and pack our bags. We're going to go. And I was like, I, in one instance, I wanted them to stay. They just got here. But the reality is, is that I was also rejoicing in seeing him operate in the way that he has to, to shape them for the future, to shape them for the future, not for the now, but for the future, not to satisfy Uncle Forrest, who wanted them to stay a little longer, but to satisfy the part of Uncle Forrest that understands it's better to do what will develop better people than what will create better experiences, if that makes sense. And so I was happy. I rejoiced in those things. It, it made me smile. It completed my joy. What makes you happy? What satisfies your heart when it comes to people? We want to see people who have earnest desires, people who are focused and grave and understand the situations that are at hand. I, I it makes me feel good to see people who have fervent minds towards people, not towards themselves, who are unselfish. That stuff makes me rejoice all the more, all the more. Look, look what he, Philippians two and two. Paul says, fulfill ye my joy. He is asking them to fulfill his joy. He is not leaving it to mystery. What makes him happy? He's letting them know you guys want to make me happy. You want to make me satisfied? Be like-minded. Having the same love. Be in one accord and of one mind. One of the things that's been pressing on my heart lately is unity. Unity in the family household structure. Unity in the church structure. Unity as a whole. That's important. It's important because the word tells me it should be important. I'm taking note to what made Paul happy. I want that to be my joy. I want to fulfill my joy. There are many people during this COVID who were very happy not being in church. I wasn't happy to not be in church, but what I realized is that I enjoyed not having to deal with the mess of church. And I think that part of having to deal with it is the reality that in many instances, we have let people do what they want and our silence has been complicitness and our silence has been an agreement. I want people to know what, not just what they should do, but what should make us happy. We should be happy only when we're like-minded. I'm not satisfied with church and nor should I be if we're not like-minded. Nor should you be. 
You might think I'm being a troublemaker. You might think I'm poking a hornet's nest. You might think I'm wasting my time with strong-minded individuals who are stuck in their ways and will not bend, not for me, not for the very God himself. But one thing you got to understand is that I love the tenacity, the boldness, and the unrelenting nature of Paul, who didn't think that his words were in vain, who didn't think that his efforts were in vain, and didn't think that telling them what fulfilled his joy would cause them to do it less. He understood that there are people who hear me and will seek to fulfill my joy. They respect me, and they want to see me satisfied and happy. They understand it. I want you to know what fulfills my joy. So you know what is the finished product of the work that I'm putting in. Some people will respect and admire your efforts and not understand and respect what you truly are working towards. I am working towards like mindedness. I am working towards same love. I am working towards. Being in one accord. Being in one mind. I'm working towards it because I'm working towards satisfaction. I'm working towards what makes me happy. I'm working towards it. I want you to see what makes me happy. We have to articulate what fulfills our joy. As an uncle, I want my nephews to know what will make me happy because I love the fact that they're still at the age where they are, they are aspiring and trying to make me happy. There are people in your life that just want to make you happy. Have you related to them truly what should make you happy? What should satisfy you? I understand that it feels awesome to get a gift from your husband. But if your husband thinks that that is to your satisfaction, then he won't endeavor towards the other things that truly are more important than some roses that will die in two weeks. That man needs to understand The way to fulfill your joy is to serve the Lord, is to be like minded, is to have same love, is to be in one accord, is to be in one mind, to have an earnest desire towards the truth, to to be grave and, and, and to be serious at times and to understand the seriousness of a nature of a moment, to understand the gravity of a situation to have a fervent mind towards the well-being of others beyond what it affords or yields physically, monetarily to ourselves. That makes us happy. And if it doesn't fulfill my joy and start to evaluate that. If nobody ever gave me another gift, if all they did was just walk in unity. It's the greatest gift. I've been praying for certain things to see in certain people's lives because it fulfilled my joy. And so they shared something that they were doing. And I I took a pause that day and rejoiced. I just laid in my bed that night and basked in the fact that a glimpse of what God put in my heart is coming to pass. It's coming to pass. Do you dream about other people growing in God? Do you you think about other people walking in the faith? I remember my mother saying one day, she said, "I, I can already see you preaching the gospel. 
I didn't see it, but she let me know what would fulfill her joy. And I did everything I could to not fulfill that joy. But I love how God works. I love how she communicated and endeavored and spoke over my life. And the manifestation of it is a confirmation of who God is daily in my life. And who Sylvia was and what she really wanted out of me. See, sometimes y'all just using church as a behavioral mechanism. You really don't want people to serve God. You just want them to be good. You don't want them to be God. You just want them to be good. Some of you are frustrated. Did I speak of things that you didn't feel like you had to attain or reach? And so you felt quite comfortable in your languishing and your middling and your your plateauing and your uh, immobility in God. And didn't I speak over you through this message, through sermons, and and make you not feel comfortable no more. Make you not feel okay and settled in the spot you wanted to set up shopping. But now you're mad at me instead of understanding. I'm just pushing you to greater because you weren't put on this earth to be a trophy. You were put on this earth to be a light. As we close out, Philippians 4 and 1 says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord. He let them know. He said, I love you guys. I love you so much. You are the purpose I write. You're the purpose I live. You're the purpose I fight. You're the purpose I've been arrested. I've been beaten. I've been charged. I've been thrown in jail. I've been imprisoned. I've been starved. I've been tortured. You're the reason for all of it. You are what I long for. I've heard somebody say this. They said, you are what your ancestors pray for. And I want you to understand, forget the ancestors. There are people in your life right now living and breathing who are longing to see you grow in God. They're longing to see you stand fast in the Lord. They are longing for it. They are praying for it. Be their answered prayer. Be my answered prayer. My family, I know if some of you are listening, some of you have never even cut the podcast on. I'm even remarking about it now because maybe when I'm dead and gone, you'll come and listen to these things that you find no time for. I find it amazing that people will be interested in spending time with you, but not spending time with the word that God has placed in you. I feel like you should want to spend time with these words more than with me. I'm no one, but what God has used to give to you through me is so much more. I don't fathom me meaning much to anyone in this world. Even when people tell you that they mean you mean so much to them. I only mean what you enjoy about me. I am on a mission to change what you enjoy about me. Silver and gold have I not. Funny giggles, laughs, companionship, friendship, fellowship, I have not. But such as I have, I give to you. I give you discipleship. I give you truth. I give you truth and love. I give you works. I give you time. I give you redeemed time. It's because redeemed time redeems people. 
I give you those things because that's such as I have. I have nothing else for you. I have nothing else. I, when I look at my nieces and my nephews, there are times where they want to come just because I have games. It's okay. I understand that they're young people, but they have to understand that I am an opportunist. I will use a video game. I'll buy a PS6 if I have to. I will use what I can to get you in my presence. And then I will take the time to engage and talk with you because I, I want to do that. I want to connect I want to reach out. I want to engage with those I love. I see that if I want to see a change in my church, I have to spend time communicating my joy, communicating what I want to see with those that matter. This is an effort, a constant effort that we have to do. We can't miss a point to do that, to put ourselves in a position to see God in that way, that's what's going to put us in a place we've never been before. What makes you satisfied? Why aren't you satisfied? Are you moving towards satisfaction? What dissatisfies you about the people in your life? What dissatisfies you about your church? What dissatisfies you about your life? What dissatisfies you about God? Find out. Find what satisfies you. Make sure it lines up with what satisfies Christ and what satisfied satisfied Paul and what satisfies God and connect yourself to it and find your joy. Episode 150, find your joy. I've been so joyful. I'm so grateful for what God is doing. I remember how this year started. I remember what I saw in my parents and as far as their health and where they are now. I remember what I saw in my family and what things that will cause sorrow. And I see some of those things changing. I I have a little bit to rejoice about. And I it it just that the taste of it gives me a hunger for more. I want to see greater. You should want to see greater. It should be the thing that is grumbling in your belly to see greater, to see greater in yourself, to see greater in people, to see greater in this world. You should complete your joy. Find your joy. Oh, man, I'm Forrest Hall. This is Real Church Matters, but we talk Real Church Matters because real church will always matter in this obedience over audience. If you don't understand that in your life, then you ain't the person you need to be. Growing God. God bless.